You're listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. To find out more about the Whole Vineyard Church, go to wholevineyard.co.uk. So next up, guys, we have John Clark, our senior pastor. Uh, he's going to be sharing part one of the Vision Talk. So this is a really significant moment for us. So I want to encourage you to lean in, to grab a Bible, a notepad, and pen. Get your encouragements, what strikes you in the chat. Get involved and get ready for part one of the Vision. Over to you, John. You know, when I think about Vision, I think about Bobby Kennedy's famous statement when he said, some people see things as they are and say, why? I dream things that never were and say, why not? Vision answers the question, well, why not? Well, why not? And the first base of all vision and dreaming is we recognize if anything exists in our lives and in this world, it exists solely by the command and the grace and the goodness of God, from whom, to whom, and through whom are all things. The Apostle Paul once asked the church in Corinth, what do you have that you did not receive? And of course, it was a rhetorical question. The answer is nothing, absolutely nothing. There's an old saying that all Christian theology is grace and all Christian living is gratitude and vision is our response to God's extravagant grace in our lives. And it comes out of a heart of gratitude. So at this juncture, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you, church, for your perseverance under trial. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for your courage. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your witness. Thank you, thank you, thank you for just being the church in this season. About a year ago, for the first time in the history of our church, and indeed churches all over the world, Sunday services were closed. Joni and I took on the church January 2020, and we'd only done a couple of months' worth of services when We have only met in the last year now about five times on a Sunday. And we shared, right before the lockdown, we shared our vision for this church community. The vision is home, home, calling people home, calling people to God as home, the church as home, and to the city, calling people home. And what was remarkable and is remarkable is that during the pandemic, we have seen an acceleration, a multiplication, and incredible growth in this vision. A really helpful analogy I want to repeat from when I shared it a few weeks ago was a reference to the game of chess. I was part of a chess club at high school, and uh, surprise, surprise, there was only two of us in it. But in playing chess, it's like the queen is the main piece. It's like you've always got your eyes on the queen on the board. And if the queen is active and in play, you have a better chance of winning the game. And the way actually to make a chess player better is to remove the queen. And the queen, if you like, represents much of church life that has been removed or restricted in the time of COVID in the last year. Take Sunday services, for instance. 
The queen, if you like, has been removed off the board. But what has emerged are two really important things. The first thing is this, is that other pieces have now found importance and use and momentum and strength. Where there had maybe been a previously an over-reliance on one piece, now all other pieces have begun to flourish. We've moved from doing church to being the church. We've seen people come to faith and filled with the Spirit and healed without Sunday gatherings. We've seen our compassion ministries explode. Partnerships all over the city have emerged, whether that's with city stakeholders or indeed other churches. Kingdom activity, relationships, prayer, creativity, fresh vision, so many things have just taken on a life of its own. I would say this last year has been best summarized by the anthem of the Salvation Army. It has been a year of soup, soap, and salvation, and it has been incredible. And I just want to pause for a moment and just celebrate and reflect and give thanks for some of the things. I mean, I hear stories literally every single day, and I can't keep up. It's just been awesome. But here are some of the things that God has done among us in this last year. Our food bank has gone from a little store cupboard of food to in the last 10 months, 6,400 people have been fed. 60,000 meals have been given. We've seen an amazing team of volunteers serve in our church. We've got delivery drivers, people delivering and collecting. We've scaled up systems, moved location, increased partners. We've launched CMA, the Community Money Advice Center. And this has just been an incredible ministry that I know post-lockdown, and when we come out of this pandemic, it's going to take even more momentum, but it's changing lives. It's moving people from debt and financial anxiety. It's an amazing grace outpost. Grow baby. The last couple of months, we have seen, just in the last two months, to give you an example, 102 families we've been able to help serve and support through just baby clothes and prams and cots and nappies and so many different things. I saw this one message from someone we helped and it said this, thank you for all your help. Also, when baby is born, I will have to bring her to Vineyard to meet you all. I might start coming regular when things have settled down. And ministering in this area is also included as touching refugees in our city. And we start to translate messages into different languages. Just incredible favor. Our church building, in effect, has become a compassion center, a distribution center to serve and to wash the feet of the city. I believe wholeheartedly that authority in the city, kingdom authority, comes from a place of service and a heart of compassion. And secular businesses and schools and the council and so many people have given time and finances to these great projects. Our later life ministries continue to help care homes where we have lots of projects and outreach to show God's love. We had cards for care homes, Christmas hampers for care homes, Easter gifts for 
care homes. And what I've loved in this season is, is just heard so many stories of individuals and families in the community of our church just doing their own thing and setting up projects and ministries and serving in our city. Over this last week, uh, we just organized one person in our church organized 100 Easter eggs to be given to 100 health visitors and community nurses. I absolutely love that. We did the big Christmas giveaway, which was just a miraculous story. 453 luxury hampers delivered all across the city, including to an entire local school. 500 free kids' books given to an entire local school as a Christmas present. The school meal project, helping 100 families every single week. Six new partner schools serving the most vulnerable. In the last 12 months, we've gone on an amazing journey of investing in our online church. It's like we've got a, another campus, if you like, a church plant called Online Church. And this is great preparation and a platform for the future hybrid of in-person and online church. And we've seen, uh, with the incredible team and the gift of technology to us, we've been able to do youth Zooms, Every Friday, home groups scattered throughout the city and beyond. We've hosted incredible prophecy rooms, circles, live streams, pre-records, prayer meetings. The list is endless, but for me, one of the main highlights is Alpha, the Alpha course. We've had two Alphas, and we just two weeks ago launched our third Alpha course, which was bursting to the seams. So, so good that we see seen so many people come to faith. In fact, we have launched two brand new home groups from the last two alphas. We've done baptisms. Lives have been turned around. We've been able to go online into people's homes, prison corridors, rehab centers. In the next few weeks at Easter, we'll be telling the Easter story to literally thousands of kids in various schools throughout our city via online content we have done for local schools. From this, we've had many opportunities uh, with the media, especially the BBC, and going into other areas of society to offer help in how to navigate the pandemic. We've been able to do a rebrand and a new logo and a website. It's been a year to narrow our focus and indeed follow the favour. In this way, COVID has been a redemptive gift of change and growth, and we will never, ever be the same again as a church community. Secondly, the game of chess was actually never about the queen or even the other pieces. It is always about the king. And friends, this is where we sit right now in March 2021. We've seen tremendous pain and grief and loss a stripping away, a sweeping, as it were, of God's house, a shaking of things that we once held dear. The table legs have been removed from under us. There's been a removal of platform and personality and consumer-driven Christianity. It's brought us to a place where we recognize it is all about him. It is all about King Jesus. So as we go 
indeed into this next season of church life as we go into this next year and with a plan for exiting lockdown and the, the vaccine rollout gathering pace and spring is in the air, you can sense that shift. And the central theme of vision for 2021 is around a few verses in the book of Hosea chapter 6. And it says this, Come, let us return to the Lord. For he has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us, that we may live in his presence. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. If you want to know how to raise your kids or which house to buy, don't expect to find it in the book of Isaiah. But if you want to see the heart of God, the passion of God, the heartbreak of God, the jealousy of God, the love of God, then this book is for us. It's where we meet God, not in our own image, but as God, as the King. It's interesting that Hosea uses metaphors and wordplay more than any other prophet. Israel is seen as an unfaithful wife and a faulty bow and a wild donkey. God is a jealous husband, a frustrated shepherd, a ferocious lion. His judgment is like the washing away of debris. And yet his heart is like reviving rains, like a forgiving parent, a life-giving Jew, a healing physician. This is what we see in this book of God. You get not our version of God, but who he is. We can expect God in his love to wound us, to rebuke us, in his passion and for his glory and for our good, he will be ruthless and it will not always be that comfortable. He gets up close and personal. I love it how C.S. Lewis puts it, an impersonal God, well and good. A subjective God of beauty, truth and goodness inside our own heads, better still. A formless life force surging through as a vast power which we can tap best of all. But God himself pulling at the other end of the cord, perhaps approaching in infinite speed, the hunter, king, husband, that is quite another matter. There's been no love, no knowledge, no faithfulness, and God, in a mirror of Romans 1, we see the judgment of God like a handing over to their own desires and ways and wants. They don't want God or his ways anymore. And the result is a mourning in the land and all sorts of social ills and in this context God removes the protection and the judgment and he comes in the form of the Assyrian army but if they return to him then he will return to them and in chapter 6 Hosea speaks as though he's in a courtroom there's like this intervention if you like the case has been laid out Israel has been found justly wanting. God has torn. God has struck. And I don't know about you, but we, we've certainly sensed that this year, the loving hand of discipline. We've gone through a difficult time with this pandemic. The reality of the fact that we live in a fallen and sin-stained world has come to the fore like never before. But God 
in his mercy and sovereignty somehow allows these things so that we return to him. So that we return to him. So that we lessen our attachments to things and increase our attachments to him. The message is, wait for God as healer and he will bind you up and revive you. Only he can do it. Nothing else, only him. Ultimately, we see, of course, God as both terror and healer on the cross. God tore us apart in Jesus, who in our place took this judgment so we might be healed. Jesus was struck down so that we might be raised up. He died so that we can live again. And of course, the rains come. A new day, a new life, a new beginning, resurrection life. And we're believing for this resurrection power. We're believing for revival reign to come in our city, indeed the nations of the earth. So we sense that we are in, we are placed in this season in Hosea chapter 6, where I believe there are three things that God is speaking to us about that we want to focus on this year. First of all, about a returning home. Secondly, about restoring home. And thirdly, about rebuilding home. Returning home, restoring home, rebuilding home. First of all, returning home. There's a personal challenge to us to return to the Lord and put him as first place again. The book of Jonah that we've looked at the last couple of months was kind of like a, an introduction to this idea. And it's not a return to normality. It's not a, a return to plans. It's not a return to ways of how we want God to move or return to ways even think this is how God is moving. It's brand new. It's about repositioning and about posture over plans. It's a time of recalibration and reset for the church. It's a return to him and him alone. And it's been a real challenge though Joni and I and the leadership team here full of vision full of ideas, full of longing, full of dreaming. It's been hard to actually communicate vision because we don't want to talk too much about plans when we know God is just asking us to do the next thing, which is to posture ourselves in a position of returning to his heart because it's a return to his heart. It's a return to worship. It's a return to prayer. It's a return to the lost. It's not to departments and programs and centralization. And I think COVID really has been the great leveler. And it has taught us, if anything, that we're not in control. We're not in control. But God is, and he is sovereign, and he is worthy of our everything. We are a Jesus-centered people. We've got to be a Bible-based people. It's a season of repentance. We're seeing areas where we may have got casual and apathetic and compromised. And because of this pandemic, there's a real shaking and a sense of, God, we want to just get right with you. There's a, a remeasuring, if you like, of what is truly important and what is of value. I think some of our measurements of Christianity and church life have been all wrong. God is turning things upside down. We see in that a humbling that's been my posture. God, more than ever, I just want to live right with you. And the danger, being a church pastor, is of course, you, you want that momentum and you're like, let's go, let's build big, let's build 
our brand, if you like. Let's grow this thing and suddenly it's all leveled out. COVID has brought that. And you realize that without God, we've got nothing. Without his presence, we have nothing. Secondly, it's a time of restoring. We read in these verses about God bringing a, a bandaging and a binding up of wounds and a healing. And this season will be a time of us as a community seeing healing and bandaging. People's souls are in turmoil because of COVID. People are disappointed. People are grieving and lamenting. There are emotional and mental wounds. There's the wound of racial injustice that has come to the surface in this time. In a world of isolation, there needs to be a season of great healing, of connection, of pastoring, of community, of listening and reflecting, not racing ahead, but allowing God to do his work in us. And this will be driven by presence and relationship and community. And thirdly, a season of rebuilding. We are here armed with the power of the spirit and the gospel to bandage and heal the city. Expanding compassion and partnership, kingdom work, gospel advance, people coming to faith, multiplication. And next week, we're going to be sharing the practicalities of some of our thinking about this, but Really, this is about an opportunity to see what is of value and important. And we're called to help with the rebuilding of this city. It's about others, other people, because at the end, people matter. And the new wineskin is an emphasis on people and relationship, not pragmatism and strategy. This last um, month, I've not been able to hear out my right ear. I had an ear infection, and it's been so frustrating, uh, particularly when you take on so many uh, meetings uh, online. And, and when I kept on asking the Lord about it, uh, I kept getting the verse uh, that Jesus says in the Gospels and to the churches in Revelation, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And one of the churches is a great church in Smyrna. And the word Smyrna is interesting because Smyrna means myrrh. It means myrrh. And if you read the Bible and do any background study, you can learn about myrrh. Myrrh was a substance that was taken from a, a thorny tree and it was used basically for perfume or it was used to put on a dead body for aromatic purposes. It had some kind of fragrance to it. And you'll remember, of course, that it is mentioned several times in the New Testament. In Matthew 2, when the wise men came, they brought, uh, literally, they brought in the Greek, Smyrna. They brought this aromatic substance that has been crushed from the thorny tree and yielded up fragrance. So it started out, of course, in the New Testament as a perfume, and then later on was associated with death. And it becomes this picture of suffering and pressure and pain in this little church that Jesus commends. And it perfectly shows the suffering character of this church, suffering even to death. And in order for that thorny tree to yield that fragrance, it had to be crushed. And so you see a little church, the myrrh church, crushed. And when it's crushed, it yields a sweet aroma, a sweet fragrance to the Lord. So the church, I think, was in the right town. God permitted Satan 
to crush them, to yield the sweetness of their aroma. It's like a wounded child fleeing to a loving parent. The crushed Christians at Smyrna fled for refuge to the eternal Lord who said, I understand, I too died and rose again. And persecution drives the believer to the Savior, Savior's side and keeps first love red hot. So we meet in this church a body of Christ-loving saints, destitute, crushed, powerless, but sweet, fragrant in the aroma they bring before Christ and us. And I believe this is a picture of the church and the coming church. We will face increasing pressure, increasing shaking, increasing resetting of things, increasing persecution. But if we stay close to the Lord, if we return to the Lord, if we worship the Lord with our entire lives and keep our focus on the Great Commission, making and raising disciples, commitment to multiplication, to church planting, and all these things about gospel advance, then it will release a sweet fragrance to the Lord. What's going to happen? I don't know. I don't know. There's lots of people in the prophetic community saying this is what God is doing and this is what is happening. I, I really don't know. But my sense is we're going to see God move more powerfully than we've ever seen. We're going to see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We're going to see more persecution than we've ever seen. I think it's going to be more costly, but more beautiful and more glorious. So why not, friends? Why not church? Why not believe for a church radically returning to God? Why not believe for outpouring of healing in our community? Why not believe for a rebuilding of the beautiful city of Hull? Why not believe for a new day, a new thing, a new season where spring comes and new life appears? Thank you for listening to the Hull Vineyard Podcast. We would love to connect with you and welcome you home to church. To find out more, go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash connect. And to stay up to date with all that is going on in the life of our church, go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash church news and sign up for our weekly mailing. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you soon.